Is everyone awake? You guys are awake. Um, yeah, I just want to echo with what Andrea said. Uh, we are going to be having small groups after, and we want to give time uh, to be able for everyone to jump into these groups. You might be thinking, I'm not into groups. I don't want anybody to, I, don't, I just like to come and melt into the background, and I like it that nobody knows me or any of my stuff. How many of you, for those that have been in groups, how many of you can look back on your life and see that when you were doing the best with God, you were in a group? How many can relate to that? And that when you were doing the worst, that you were not in group? There, there is a truth that we need each other, that we cannot do this life alone, and being a part of a small group and hearing other people's stories. And if you don't want to say anything, if you just want to, if you just want to be, um, what, what do you call it? Uh, fly in the wall. Online, they call them trolls. <laughs> but you don't, you're not a troll if you do this. Just sit and listen. Just sit and listen because the way that other people learn of God is different from the way that you learn of God. And so when you hear them and their experiences with God, it gives you a different perspective and a, and a holistic view of our Father together. Um, how many can attest to that and, and agree on that, that when you jump into a group that you can hear multiple perspectives of who God is? Um, I, I have a friend, and he doesn't come to church. Um, but when I ask him, you know, why don't you come to church? He says, ah, oh, no, nah, my church is, is the, the ocean, you know, I, when I come and surf, this is my church. And I, I, have, I fellowship with God the best right here. And there's a truth to that, that we all connect with God in different ways. And we feel the closest to God. Sometimes it's during worship. Sometimes it's when you're surfing. Sometimes it's when you're creating something. But there's a special, a special uh, place for a small group in the growth and the maturity of a believer. And if the only thing you do is connect with God and you don't share that with others or you don't hear what God is doing in someone else's life, you're only growing at a certain, you're very limited in your growth. And so uh, I really want to encourage you during this next six weeks, invest in your spiritual growth, invest in your maturity in the Lord. And, and one of the best ways to do that is in a small group. Amen? Amen. You're like, I, that wasn't very exciting. You're just like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. I don't care what you say. Okay, you, you do you. <laughs> um, so we're jumping into this. We're jumping into this series called Knowing the Fa uh, it's Cleansing Stream. And the first, the first topic is knowing the Father. And um, as much as we don't like to admit it or we don't recognize it, the relationship that we have with God or with our natural fathers affect our viewpoint with our Heavenly Father. When Jesus came to earth, there was a lot of things that he could have done or said that he was here for, but he laid his mission out really clearly in John 17, 25 through 26. So let's read that. That's in your message notes. It's the first verse at the top. Let's read it together at the count of three. One, two, three. Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be with them. Jesus' mission, it was to heal, it was to deliver, it was to, was to set free. But all of those things were pointing to 
him being the son of God. And the reason why we needed to understand that he was the son of God was because he wanted to reveal the father's heart and the father's love for all of us. All the miracles and all the deeds and all the things that Jesus did was only for one purpose, and it was to reveal to us that God, our heavenly father, is in love with us. Isn't that powerful? That you can boil everything down to, the gospel down to that one thing, that your heavenly father loves you. Turn to the person next to you and say, God loves you. And I think you're okay. What does it mean to know the Father? The last scripture in the Old Testament before Jesus came to earth, this is what God said in Malachi 4 verse 6. He said, he or God will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. The reason why you might read that and think, man, God is brutal. He said that he's going to turn the hearts of the parents to the children and the children to the parents. And if he doesn't do that, then he's, he's going to destroy the earth. But everything that God does is out of a heart of love. And what happens in the world when parents don't love their children and children don't honor their parents is society continually gets worse and worse and worse until there's no love for one another and it's just in total chaos, which is what happened in the day of Noah. And so God had to start over again. And so instead of starting over again, God said, I am going to insert into humanity my very son who knows me well and he's going to show humanity how much I love them. And because he's going to show them my love, fathers and mothers are going to love their children with the same love, and children are going to begin to honor their parents, and the world will not have to go through destruction again. The whole purpose of why Jesus came was to reveal the Father's love, because it does have an impact on the way that we, we live. So Christianity, Christianity is way more than a bunch of rules. It is a real relationship with our Creator where we can hear His voice, and we can get to know who He is and His love for us. And so, so everything that we do is to understand the love of the Father. Um, it's real interesting that as we're jumping into this, uh, this topic of the love of the Father, the YWAM base is, has jumped into that same topic. And we were talking, you know, never, you shouldn't get around me before church starts because um, you'll get pulled into the message really quickly. But I asked Abby and Annie, they're two um, students at, at YWAM, because they were studying the love of the Father, and they said it was a really um, insightful time that they had on the base. So, I don't know, do you, do you guys want them to come in front? Okay, you guys can come in front. Wow, that was fast. See, that way I can say it's not my idea, you got to blame all of them. Um, so this is Abby, this is Annie, and um, I'm going to give them a couple minutes to share what uh, the love of the Father, how it impacted their life. So everyone give a hand for Abby. Why don't you guys come to the middle? Okay, so for me, one of the exercises that we had to do was we had to bring an item into the classroom to show everyone else and expand on what and how we thought the Father would be able to love us through that item. And one thing that I brought was my blanket that I've had ever since I was little. And 
my dad, he had a vision from God that I was going to be a baby girl. Well, he bought this blanket, and just as this blanket was woven, I was reminded of how God, he knit us in the womb. He knit us together, and he loves us so much that when that blanket was given to me when I was new, um, newly born, then that blanket was able to wrap me completely, not once, but twice. And so when that love is able to wrap us twice, we are able to wrap someone else in that same love. So we should be able to not only exercise that love through ourselves, but we're able to exercise it to other people too. Um, so for me, going into this week, I had a very hard time differentiating my heavenly father and my earthly father. So all the emotions I had towards my earthly father were automatically connected to God. Um, but then just going into this week and learning what it actually means for God to be my heavenly father and that he is no way ever going to be the same as my earthly father. And he's a billion times better than that. So just learning what love actually is and how God shows us love and how it is our responsibility as the church to show that love to others. Thank you, guys. Can you give them a hand? Awesome. When we do have our Cleansing Stream weekend, it is going to be focused on experiencing the love of God, and it does transform and change us. Um, when my grandpa was, you know, in his last year of life, me and my dad had to go over and take care of him. And one of the things that I saw, I never saw my dad as a son. I always saw my dad as a dad. But when I was taking care of my grandpa, I saw my dad as a son. And the thing that was really interesting to me is that my grandpa, who was very successful and, um, you know, excelled in every area of life, um, he wasn't the best father, but he was successful in everything else. And he was in his 90s when we were taking care of him. And it was, it was very eye-opening to me to see that this man who had everything that the world had to offer, you know, he was very wealthy, he... Uh, achieved things in, in the Okinawan community. He was uh, very good at music and playing samisang and all these other things and had a beautiful home in Manoa Valley of Oahu. But he was in his 90s and every, all of his friends were dead. There's nobody that was still alive that, that knew him and respected him for everything that he had done. And the only people around him was his family. And what I realized about him was the only thing he wanted, he didn't need money, he didn't need anything. The only thing that he really wanted was respect from his family and honor and, and uh, appreciation. And so I, I, I looked at that and I, I noticed that my dad wanted affirmation from my grandpa and my grandpa just wanted um, honor from my dad. And my dad spent a lot of time in, his, in the last years writing and recording all of the journey of my grandpa. And that communicated to my grandpa that my dad appreciated and honored him. And in the same way, my grandpa was validating my dad as his son. And I looked at that and I was like, that's so interesting. You know, like, I never saw my dad as having a need for affirmation from his dad, but he did. And one of the things that he told me was his dad never spent time with him when he was a kid. And so when he had me, he had no idea how to be a father because he never spent time with his dad. But what happened was, as he prayed and as he spent time with the Lord, God was his father, showed him how to be a father, how to communicate, how to, how to express love, how to 
uh, give correction. And because of that, my dad, as a father to me, was so much more uh, good as a father than my grandpa was to him. And hopefully, I'm a good father to my kids because of what I've seen. But what I also saw was that as good as a father that my dad was to me, I could be a very terrible son. Yeah, I could be a really terrible son. And I remember I was like, the first time that God told me I was being a terrible son. How many of you would want to hear God tell you you're being a terrible son? How many would want God to tell you you're being a terrible son when you're on a plane that could probably crash? I remember I was, there, I was on a plane and, and I was thinking, like comparing my dad with all of these other pastors that I had, you know, come to know while I was in college. And I was comparing him, and I was thinking, my dad doesn't do this. My dad doesn't do that. My dad's junk. You know, I would think about all that. And this is while I was um, working for the church, you know. So he was not just my dad, but he was my boss too. And, you know, I was like, my dad's a junk boss. And, you know, all of that. I was complaining to God on the plane. And I remember God's voice really strong saying, it was just an impression like, you need to stop that. He's not just your boss, your employer, but he's your father. And I was like, whoa. I heard it so strong that I got scared. I was like, I looked out of the window of the plane and I was thinking, I hope there's no lightning that's going to strike this plane and like send us crashing down to the ground. But I, I remember that even as good as a dad he was, that I could still find fault in him. And God in his wisdom he not just showed one part of himself as a father, but he also sent his son so that we could have a model of not just being a good father, but also being a good son. And it takes both. It takes, it takes being a good son, being a good father, to have a healthy family which creates legacy. And that is what God is after. He's after relationships that are, are healthy, loving, that continue from generation to generation, that becomes more and more like him. Amen? So it doesn't matter where we are on this spectrum. You might be somebody who is the first generation that has come to know Christ. And maybe your father was abusive, or your father was non, non-present in the home, or, and completely absent. You might have, uh, or you might have a perfect father that didn't know the Lord, or mother, It doesn't matter where we start in this continuum because whatever gaps that we have had with our earthly parents, God fills all of those gaps so we can be a more holistic uh, representation of who he is to the next generation. How many are, are glad that you don't have to be perfect to be a great parent? How many are, are, are grateful that your parents don't need to be perfect for you to love them as a perfect child. God helps to fill all those gaps so that we can be whole and, and experience healing. So, how, so that's what knowing God is. How do we then, how many of you want to get to know God better? Not just know about God, but really know God. How many of you want to get to know God and, and have that transformation of character and become more and more like him? Um, this is a picture of Robert, Robin Williams. How many of you guys know Robin Williams? How many of you guys know Robin Williams? Okay, what was the last thing that he said to you? 
You, you guys, <laughs> what, what? Mahalo. I, I threw this picture up here because a lot of us know about Robin Williams, but we don't know Robin Williams. We know that he acted in Miss Doubtfire, Mork and Mindy, Nanu Nanu, or Nanu Nanu. What? We know a lot about him, but we don't know him. And a lot of Christians are satisfied just knowing about God, but we don't really know him. We don't talk to him. We don't hear his voice. We don't allow him to navigate our lives. And God wants us to know him. The Christian life only becomes fun when you hear his voice and you take steps to follow. So we have access to the Father. How do we know the Father? We have access to the Father through Jesus, our Savior, and our Lord. But, so Jesus said in, in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, let's read this together. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only way we have access and relationship with Father God is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life. There's a lot of people that say all roads lead to God. That's not true. Or Jesus is a liar. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the access to the Father. But how many of you know that just because there's access doesn't mean that you take advantage of it? You can have a door in your house that you never use. There's a door in my house that goes out to the lanai that in the past 10 years, I don't think I've walked through once. The door is there, but I just never use it. And in the same way, God, Jesus is the access to God, the Father, but we need to use that door. How do we use this door? We have access through Jesus, but letter B, we actually experience the Father when we obey his word. Us obeying the word of God is using that access to the Father, and then we get to experience who he is. Uh, John 14, 21, let's read this together. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. For us to experience God takes more than just saying a prayer and asking Jesus into our hearts. That's the access, but for us to walk through that door requires obedience. And we don't know how God is going to reveal himself to us, but he does. Let me give you an example. Ryan, can you stand up real quick? I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise. Okay, so this is Ryan, and uh, yesterday... Um, or in our prayer meeting, my mom talked about that you can sit down. I just wanted everybody to know you. And know that uh, Ryan's available too. He's like super good looking, loves God, super rich. And, and if you want a, a great son-in-law and you have like beautiful daughters that love God, 
he's the one you want to talk to. <laughs> I, I told you I wasn't going to embarrass you. Yeah? I, just, I don't know why I do these things. It's just, um, God, please come back. We just want you to. Um, when he was in high school, we used to come, there, there's a scripture, uh, it, it's in Matthew 9.38, and it says, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into his harvest, for the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into his harvest. So, so as a high school group, we were meeting here every morning at like 5.30 in the morning, like 5.30, something like that, and we would just come and pray. And, and all the high school kids would pray for their friends. So, uh, so it was during that time that he was praying. What was your friend's name, the basketball player? Edwin. So Ryan was praying for this guy. And the reason, I, the reason why I, I'm saying this story is our relationship with God is made up of experiences with him. Those experiences come as we obey God. So that's the door. Door is obedience to Jesus. Um, so we're obeying the word, we're, we're praying for friends, Ryan particularly was praying for this kid, Edwin, who was a basketball player uh, at the time, and, um, and the reason why I'm sharing this story was uh, there's another youth pastor at the time, he's a pastor now at Waipuna Chapel, his name is Kaipo Thomas, and he was going to be here this morning, he texted me last night, and it just reminded me of this event that happened, um, but it, it was a landmark event that helped me understand the character of God and helped me trust him more. Um, that's, that's something that for all of us, when we have an experience with God, it becomes like an, uh, a landmark in our lives that we can stake in the ground and we can grow from that. So uh, this experience was very formative in my faith with the Lord. Um, so he was praying for his friend Edwin. And... His friend Edwin told him that he was going to come to church that week. Instead of him entering the doors of our church after a game, he was driving um, on the road to Haile Miley. And on the road to Haile Miley, he missed the turn and went straight into a telephone pole and passed away. And he died. So Ryan was asking me, why is it that we're praying for, you know, you're asking us to pray for our friends he says he's going to come to church, and, and the weekend that he's going to come to church, instead of coming through the church doors, he ends up dying, and now he's, he could be in hell. And so, you know, I was like, I don't know, like, I don't know how, why that happens. And I was talking to my pastor friend, Kaipo, and he was um, kind of overseeing King K at that time. And so he went to go drive down to the place where Edwin passed away. And when he went there, it just so happened that across the street there was this gentleman and he was watering his lawn. And so Kaipo went over to the guy and said, hey, um, there was a person that just passed away, a kid that just passed away uh, a, a few nights ago. And, um, and the guy said, yeah. Um, I, heard, I heard the crash, and I came out. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm a youth pastor, and I just came to uh, you know, pay my respects and to, to see what happened. And the guy who was watering his lawn said, I'm a believer too. And Kaipo was like, what? 
And he said, yeah, I'm a believer. I heard the crash, and I came out to the site, and he was still breathing when I came out. And I had a chance to share with him and to pray with him right before he died. And, and Kaipo shared that with me. And the, the kid was unresponsive. He wasn't, um, he wasn't repeating a prayer or anything, but he was receiving the prayer that Kaipo was praying over him. And, and, uh, and he passed away. So then Kaipo in a meeting, like we were having this meeting, and Kaipo shared with me what had gone on. And I realized that there was a possibility that Edwin came to know the Lord before he died. That, and, and one of the things that, you know, I was reflecting on that, and I felt like God said, what are the chances that Kaipo would come visit the site at the exact moment that this man is watering his lawn? And what are the chances that he would then walk across the street to talk to this man? And then what are the chances that this man would share exactly what happened at the time of the crash? The chances are very slim. Wouldn't you agree? And I felt like God said, I am giving you a glimpse of the perspective that I have. You don't see everything, but God sees everything. And, and what, what God told me was, Take this experience and put it in your back pocket because I'm not going to always explain things to you. But I want you to take this experience and every time you have a doubt of my wisdom and what happens in the world, I want you to return to this story and remember that I'm in control. And you might not have the whole picture. You might not know all the things that surround the situations that are confusing to you, but I am in control. And that became a landmark in my spiritual journey to where I could trust God more in the times that are confusing because he revealed something to me because of an act of obedience. Our relationship with the Lord, our experiences with the Lord happen when we obey him and then he reveals something to us. It's a constant growth process in our relationship with God that, that helps us to become more and more like him so that we can be that to our family. Uh, I want to call up Janice. How many of you appreciate Janice? Um, Janice went through Cleansing Stream when she was a high school student, and she has been a huge blessing to our church, both here and when we planted in Wailuku. And, um, and then we sent her out to help another church get launched, and then... Uh, she's back with us and uh, has been a huge blessing with the worship team. But uh, in this area of the Father's heart and how God revealed that to her in Cleansing Stream uh, is a great testimony, so I want to give her an opportunity. You're crying, and we haven't even, like, started. You have <laughs> Can you guys give her a hand so she's not so nervous? Gosh, that's such a hard story to follow. Gosh, John. Um, okay. All right, let me get this. Um, yeah, so Pastor John didn't, I, to me, didn't give me a lot of time to, I thought he was joking when he texted me, saying, hey, can you help me? I was like, no, you're silly, you know, whatever. Anyway, so he did, like, his, I don't know, Jedi mind tricks and stuff like that, and, you know, whatever. Um, but anyway, so I think our topic is, like, why should we know the Father? 
And so I just kind of want to open up with a scripture. It's out of 1 John 4.18. And it says that such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. And verse 19, we love each other because he loved us first. So I'm going to talk about my dad. And I just kind of want to preface this by saying that, like, you know, I have a good relationship with my dad. And, like, he is the ultimate cheese ball. Um, you know, he's a good and he's a decent guy. And, um, like, I'm the spitting image of my dad. And my sisters love to harass me about that. Because what girl wants to see, you know, hey, you look exactly like your dad. You know, like, gee, thanks. Um, but I'm the female version of him. Like, my mannerisms, my temperament, everything is just my dad. And sometimes I freak my mom out. So just keep that in mind when, when I share this. Like, my dad is a great guy. Um, but the first point is, why should we know the Father? It's because knowing the Father, we understand that we were created to be loved. And um, I read this in, in the workbook, so I kind of stole it or forever borrowed it. It's, it says that one of the greatest mistakes in life is to assume that people can meet our deepest needs for love, that we can trust them to add the missing pieces to the emptiness inside. Such trust carries the deepest disappointment. Regardless of the weakness in those relationships, they are still valuable. In so many ways, most of us are not disappointed, but relationships do have disappointing moments brought on by human limitations. They are not as consistent as we would like them to be. They are vulnerable and often troubling. Um, so just kind of my story. I think one of the biggest struggles for me growing up was just, you know, my growing up without a dad, and it's really hard um, it, at least it was for me, and so just my parents separated when I was seven. Um, they divorced when I was nine, and then soon after that, my mom had moved us here to Maui. And then up until 18, it was just uh, my sisters and my mom and I, you know, and I was talking with, um, I don't know if they're here, but some of the legends of Grace Bible, Auntie Lynn Iwamasa and Auntie Sandy Gomes. Oh, yeah, I see them back there. Anyway, but um, I was talking with them a few weeks ago, and Auntie Sandy said she kind of remembers, she remembers me as a little girl, and I was about maybe 10 or 11, and, you know, in, in the sanctuary, which was the, what the preschool is now. Um, but she remembers sitting me, uh, me sitting in the rows, just kind of like with my arms crossed, and like, just like, you know, slouched in the chairs, and, and never really smiling. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know why I was so moody or so, so grumpy. Um, maybe I hated that my parents weren't together. Maybe I hated that my mom moved us here. I just know that I hated being here. Um, or maybe I was just hurting. You know, it could be so many things, but I don't know. Um, and at the time, like, I realize now that my dad was the best dad that he knew how to be. Um, it's not that he didn't love me or my sisters. Because, you know, I know that, but it, he, wasn't, he wasn't around. He wasn't actively present. And even when we lived on Oahu, like, I don't really remember him being around because he worked so much. And then even after we moved to Maui, it, it, I think it just became harder because now he had to make more of an effort because we're not on the same island, you know. Despite my mom continually encouraging him, like, just call the kids or whatever, but, you know, my mom would send us there all the time just to spend time with the family. Um, I, didn't, I didn't have a role model to base my relationship on, so I didn't know what it was like to have a dad, um, except for the dads that I saw in my friends. I had a best friend here growing up, and I used to look at her dad, and I'd be like, man, I wish my dad was like that. 
you know, or I was telling Pastor John this, as funny as it sounds, um, I would see, like, the dads on TV and just, like, them being present and, like, having these hard and genuine questions with their kids, and that's something that I desired, you know? Um, but, yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I, I couldn't put it into words back then, but I think that's something that I had longed for because it's, you know. Um, but in time, God more than, more than filled that void that my dad left. And in pursuing a relationship with God, that made it easier to pursue a relationship with my dad. And I think God just kind of softened my heart towards that and, and was able to, like, keep me humble in a way where it's like it, it was still hard, but it wasn't as hard as it could have been. Um, you know, there was a shift somewhere. Like, I'll never love my dad as much as God loves him. But there was a shift somewhere that caused me to, to love my dad. And I think I saw, like, a glimpse of even the way that God viewed my dad. You know, and that really uh, changed my perspective on my dad. So, you know, like, so going back to the point is that we understand that we were created to be loved. Um, so, and then the second point is knowing the Father gives us purpose and a passion. So that's why we should know the Father. Um, you know, and, and by age 12 or 13, Auntie Susan had already uh, put me on the worship team. And, but it wasn't until a couple of years later doing a worship service at a youth camp, I believe, where... Um, where I really first experienced the presence of God, and I just felt something. I couldn't put words to it, but it was just so overwhelming that my only response was to just cry, like fall to my knees and cry, because it, it was a good feeling, but my body couldn't comprehend what I felt, and I really feel like it was there that like just this, this heart and this love for worship was truly birthed, because that's when I first experienced the presence of God. And then so fast forward about maybe 10, 12 years later when Cleansing Stream was first introduced here. Um, I think we had more time than we do now. I think it was like a couple months, you know, in, in preparation for the retreat. But the retreat, it was like just, it's just this on-the-line ministry where they re you come up for prayer like you can if, if you feel led to. And I felt like the Holy Spirit led me um, to come up. And I think the topic was Father's Love. I don't know if that's what it was called back then. A lot of undealt with issues, sorry. Um, you know, and I think it was just for my dad not being the dad that I needed him to be, feeling rejected because he wasn't around, um, angry at my mom, you know, all these, all these kinds of things. But it was after that breakthrough that my heart was repaired enough to really pursue God. And I desired to spend more time reading his word and worshiping in his presence. And eventually that love that I had for playing music cultivated into a passion for worship and just a side story it's kind of neat because before my parents got married my dad he was like a professional musician like playing on the Waikiki strips and stuff like that and you know he has he's like a, a bass player he's a guitar player um, he has like this phenomenal voice so it's kind of neat that um, I just have this love for music too you know it's weird because I wasn't raised with my dad but yet that's what I have you know, so I still struggle with communicating with people and just being vulnerable with people, but music helps me to connect with my dad. Um, and just kind of in closing, I just want to share this scripture, um, Psalm 68, 5 through 6. 
It's a father to the fatherless, defender of the widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. Um, I don't know if Auntie Cindy is here, but just as I was growing up reading through that, like, father to the fatherless was me and just like Uncle Randy. I, for whatever reason, I just associated that, you know, with Auntie Cindy. Marcy, I don't know, but you know, like he's a defender to the windows at widows and Uncle Randy was our drummer back in the day and I really love that family, but I always thought of Auntie Cindy as I'd read through that scripture. Um, but why should we know the Father? I think there are so many reasons to know the Father, but for me, um, he was a father when I felt like I didn't have a dad and I felt rejected because my dad wasn't around, you know? Um, like, I'm so different from my siblings, um, like, super different. And, um, like, I just felt lonely and, like, misunderstood, but it was here. But God placed me in a family, like, in the church family where I felt loved and understood in ways that, like, my natural family never could. And I think, like, we're not meant to feel, like, every single pocket of each other's lives. Like, there are different purposes that everybody's going to fill in your life. And just my family, you know, couldn't do that for me. Um, but God set me free from the prison of offense and unforgiveness. And knowing the Father gave me hope. It gave me a purpose and a passion that I hope that I get to do for the rest of my life here on earth. You know, but knowing the Father brought about restoration and a healing to my heart. And knowing the Father has given me a sense of peace and a joy. Thank you. That doesn't make sense. But yeah. Thank you, Janice. We're, was that awesome? Give Janice a hand. Um, we're going to close with a song and just worship. Um, there's a song called Good, Good Father, and I think it's very fitting for, uh, for the service. But this is the foundation for all healing, is, is our relationship with the Lord as the Father. Everything else comes, comes from that. And... Jesus' whole goal was to reveal the Father to us. If, if you're here and you want to have a greater revelation of who God is, um, God wants to reveal that. You're in a good spot because God wants to reveal that to you. Uh, why don't we all stand? We're just going to close with this song. God, we just thank you so much that you are a Father to us. And Lord, we, we want to worship you today for who you are thank you Lord for the love that you have for every single one of our lives God even as as Janice was sharing and different ones are sharing Abby and Annie of, of that love that was shown to them God you want to heal every single one of our hearts and, and God even for those that uh, myself included that have been walking with you for a long time God we, we want to go deeper we want to know more of that love that you have for us so God we just open ourselves to you. We pray that you would reveal the things that you want to reveal in our lives to draw us closer to you. We thank you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Can we give God a hand? Thank him for who he is.